The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. John the Baptist appeared, preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. At that time, Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn, but the chaff He will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's very providential that we are going to celebrate a baptism today. I know you might be thinking, oh, that makes Mass longer. That's what I thought when I was a kid. But it is very special. And it's an opportunity for all of us to renew our baptism. And to reflect, in light of today's readings especially, on what a gift that really is. So John the Baptist himself said, I am baptizing you with water for repentance. But the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So we all have received the Holy Spirit at our baptism, which makes us all children of God, sons and daughters of our Father. That's pretty awesome. Adam and Eve did not have that, just in case you didn't realize that. Adam and Eve... Our first parents in the history of creation did not have the Holy Spirit. So they did not participate in the divine life of the Holy Trinity. Not that they wouldn't have received that at some point. But the fact is we have already received the first installment of our inheritance. The promise, as Paul likes to call it. The Holy Spirit. 
So we already share in something amazing that Adam and Eve did not have. So we have to try to appreciate that a little bit. That God himself has shared his very spirit with us and incorporated us into his life, which is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There's an intimacy there that we have been invited to participate in even now. So I know we Catholics like, like to talk about getting to heaven. You know, I want to do this and I want to do that so that I can get to heaven. And parents will often say to their kids, make sure you have masses said for me after I die, you know, so that I can get to heaven and so on, you know. Well, the fact is, heaven has already come down to us. Amen. We already participate in heaven. Because what is heaven? It's not a place per se. Really, it's more about who is in heaven. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we already share in their life and in their love. That's who we are, as the song goes. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. That's who I am. God wants us to know that. One of the clearest words from the Lord that I ever received. So yes, God speaks to me. I think he speaks to all of us. Sometimes more loudly than at other times. But the loudest word I ever heard was when I, I was on retreat. I was maybe two or three years ordained a priest. And we go on an annual eight-day silent retreat. Can you believe that? Being quiet for eight days. Whoa. No phones for eight days. And it was the last meditation on the last day of the retreat. So I had literally been praying for hours and hours all week long. And I go back to my room. I had a little kneeler there in my room. So I, I knelt down and I just began with a simple act of faith. Lord, I believe in you. And I heard loudly and clearly, Jason, I believe in you. I was like, whoa, <laughs> where did that come from? And what did God mean by that? What did he want me to take away from that? That he believed in my goodness, in my intrinsic, fundamental goodness and truth and beauty of who I was. And that didn't depend, and not only did he believe in me, but he loved me. And all of that didn't depend on what I did or what people thought about me. When Jesus himself was baptized, the Father said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And Jesus heard that word of affirmation before he ever performed any miracle. And then if you remember, when he went out into the desert, how was he tempted? If you are the Son of God. So the devil was going right after his identity. If you are the Son of God, then do this. If you are the Son of God, then do that. Jesus didn't fall for it because he knew who he was at all times. 
the beloved son of the father. And he didn't have to do anything to earn that love or to prove himself to the father or anybody else, especially Satan. So that's a trap I think that we can all fall into. We believe in God, but sometimes we really don't believe in ourselves and and in our own intrinsic goodness and beauty and lovableness and worthiness that's not based on what we do, but on who we are because of who God made us to be. So our being is first and foremost given to us. It's received by God. And the words of the baptism today are going to remind us of that very beautifully. So I invite all of you to pay attention to the words of the rite of baptism and in your own minds and in your own hearts to give thanks to God today for making you a child of God. He wanted you to exist. He wanted you to be a member of his household, one of his children forever. And he didn't want anything to get in the way of that, especially sin. And that's why he died for us. So what we celebrate here actually is a great reminder of the great love of God that he has for us and what we have received from him. And not because of what we did, but just because he wanted us to have it. Amen.